Okay, well, good morning. How's everybody doing? It's a wonderful morning out there, isn't it? I took a walk this morning. It was absolutely gorgeous. And so, anyway, you all have the best scenery. It's just amazing. And so, anyway, and so, uh, it's so wonderful to be here. We've got some great pastors here, Pastor Jim and Shelly. And, and so, getting to meet some of you and and so it's just wonderful to be here. My wife Leah got to come with me, uh, thanks to the uh, pastor Jim and Shelley. And so uh, uh, somebody said, well, God's been using you mightily. And I said, well, you should have seen me when it was just God. I said, then I got married and things happened a lot better. So she's, she's been a great influence in my life and, and help and so Anyway, so we are, we are delighted to be here. We're, um, we're still, um, um, like we'll go back on Tuesday. We're going to be in the classroom again. Um, we still teach at Rama, and, um, and so we're still instructors there and privileged to do so. Uh, I sent uh, Pastor Hagen a text this morning uh, letting him know this is where we're at. He likes to know where everybody's at, you know what I'm saying? And so, uh, uh, so uh, he, uh, he's, they, they, they're celebrating, did you know this? Rhema Bible Church, in, in where we came from, they're celebrating their 36th anniversary today. So they got, they got this great big thing, and if you've never, uh, if you've never seen the Rhema campus, then do yourself a favor and go online to Rhema Bible, church or just put Rama in the search and, and go to your images and it'll start bringing up images of the campus and things of that nature. It's a beautiful 110 acre campus and so um, just some great uh, great things have happened there. Great people uh, that uh, founded that and great people that are, that are actually graduates and doing great things around the world for God. And so um, you say, well, uh, let me just tell you just a little bit. Uh, I grew up, I grew up different than most people. I grew up Pennsylvania Dutch, that like they have down in Lancaster, you know. I grew up like those people, and uh, grew up driving a horse and buggy, slowly. And um, I wanted, I was uh, the kind of kid that that always uh, ran everywhere. Uh, why would you walk if you can run, is what I thought. And I grew up in the days before they put initials after your name, and it had nothing to do with your education, it had to do with your condition. And so I'm sure if I lived, if I was a kid now, the way I was then, I'm sure they would have some initials to describe my condition. And so I was always extremely active, very much in a hurry all the time, and so it was painful for me to go slowly down the road in a horse and buggy. And so I wanted desperately to, to have a car, and so I watched every car that went by, every vehicle that went by, and I began to dream about a, a, a owning a vehicle and, 
And and how many of you do, how many of you dreamed about something as a kid that you didn't have and and you wanted that and you saw it in your mind's eye and you picked out the color and, or you did you know mine was a 1964 Chevy Super Sport with a 327 engine in it with a high rise manifold and had uh, headers on it and it had glass packs that went boom 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 boom, boom down the road and. Um, you know, it had a four-speed on the floor, and it had a four-barrel carburetor on it, and it had, it had, uh, it was uh, metallic blue with white interior. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 you know what I'm saying? Had now listen to this guy. Some of you, some of you guys remember this, but it had Krager Chrome Super Sport wheels, mag wheels on it. Those were the those were the number one. You could get some other mag wheels, but they really weren't in the same class. And so I, I could see Krager, Chrome, uh, Supersport, uh, mag wheels with 14-inch tires on the back. And I could see my, you know, we were going slowly to church, you know, that horse clopped along, you know. And, um, I, but, but, but I saw on the inside, how many of you know that things can be going on on the outside, but something a lot different can be going on on the inside? Isn't that right? And um, on the inside, I saw myself driving that car, going to church in a car, you know? And so uh, it's a very strange thing that years later I did have a 1964 Chevy Supersport with a 327 engine in it, and it did have a high-rise manifold, and it did have all of that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> And so it did go boom, 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 boom down the road. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and we enjoyed it very much. Thank you. <laughs> but you know, um, what does that mean? It means this, that God gave us some abilities to dream. He gave us some abilities to think. And those things are very valuable. Very valuable, and when you be, you know, when you become a Christian, uh, it doesn't mean that you uh, let go of that. God wants to use that ability within you to show you pictures of what He wants you to be. Absolutely. I read statistics that a four-year-old imagines. A huge amount. It was. I don't remember the exact statistic, but it was like, it was like um, forty or eighty percent more than a forty-year-old. By the time you hit forty, a lot of people life has hit them with this and hit them with that, and this happened and that happened, and and and, and they've let go of their imagination and they've. They have settled in to whatever life has dealt them. And I want to tell you, my friend, uh, I'm here to tell you today that I'm the least likely to succeed. When I, when I went through uh, elementary school, they didn't look at me like, there's a kid that's going to be successful. It was anything but that. Okay? Uh, I was the one that... I was the kid that got in trouble. I was the kid that was curious. I read almost every book in the library. I, I was the one that went to school just so, we could, so I could be there at recess to play ball. 
Absolutely. Uh, I wasn't there for the lessons. I did the lessons because I had to. Okay? And uh, so, 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 and I wasn't trying to be a bad kid. I was just trying to have fun, live my dreams, do, do what I like to do. And consequently, that all translates into sometimes getting into a lot of trouble. And so my dad kind of wondered about me over the years. My, my mom kindly said to me years later, um, because I, for a long time I was the only child that had left the Amish, the, the Pennsylvania Dutch, and everybody else was still Amish and, you know, horse and buggies and all of that. And she said to me very kindly, very nicely one time, she said, Marvin, she said, you were always different than the other kids. And we weren't always sure what to do with you. <laughs> but you know, God has a plan for every person. Isn't that right? And so today, um, uh, my parents and I, we have a great relationship. My dad's 94 years old. Can you imagine that? I mean, I, I, even at my age, I don't really imagine that, you know. But uh, uh, I remember when I got married, uh, you know, I thought her parents were ancient. But they were in their 50s, and I've passed ancient already. <laughs> I don't know what I am now. <laughs> you know, and so, um, so my dad's 94, my mom is uh, 88. They just celebrated this year their 70th wedding anniversary. I don't even know of anybody else that has, uh, I've never met anybody else that celebrated 70 years, you know? And uh, so, so they've done that, and great parents are both born again. And uh, dad, my dad is really sharp. He, his mental, mental and, and now listen to this, I want to, I want to give, give you this. Uh, uh, mentally, he's very sharp. Long-term, short-term memory is really good. And so he told me one time, now he doesn't understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. He does kind of understand now that God has a different plan for different people. Okay, so, so he knows that much. And, he does, and, and when I talk to him every week, I talk to him, and so he'll want to know what happened here. He'll want to know how Boston was, you know, and, and the Northeast and all of that. He wants to play by play. He's interested now. And so I'll be talking to him either this afternoon or tomorrow or something. And uh, anyway, here's what he said to me years ago. He said, Marvin, he said, for years, every morning when I got up, I would thank God that I had a sound mind. And I thought, Dad, that's faith. I didn't say that. I just thought that because I thought I said, Dad, you're putting the principles of faith to work. He would have looked at me like I, I'm speaking a foreign language. You know, he didn't know anything about that, you know. Now, Mom, on the other hand, I'm giving you something to think about. Mom, on the other hand, had a childhood that really wasn't very good at all. Lots of fear because of things happening. And uh, grew up fearful, uh, fearful person, um, comfortable in, in her uh, uh, in, her, in, in, a, in a certain area that she really knew well, but otherwise fearful. Um, and so 
just just been a fearful person most of our life. Fear has been a big factor and didn't know how to deal with it. I don't know if she knew she should deal with it, but fearful. And today she's dealing with lots of problems. Her memory's not very good anymore. She's actually uh, struggles with remembering things now. And so here's one person who proactively went and did something with her mind. Thank God I've got a sound mind every day. And here's a person that didn't know. And how many of you know that fear has consequences if you leave it, if you don't ever get a grip on it? And so I want, to, I want us to turn to uh, um, the, the epistle of John, 3 John 2. I want us to begin uh, looking at that. It's only one chapter. 3 John, let's, let's begin with verse 1. That'll give us kind of the setting and everything. And I want to just share one little thing with you today that I want you to consider in your Christian journey that will perhaps help you move forward. Okay? So let's take a look at that just for a moment and, 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 and trust that we'll learn something here today. It begins, he begins writing the letter. This is the Apostle John writing. He said the elder, he refers to himself as the elder. He said, to the beloved Gaius, he's writing to a man named Gaius, whom I love in truth. He said, then he said in verse 2, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Just as your soul prospers. And so, so right here is, is John. Here, here's the historical setting. John is writing a letter, and he wishes Gaius well on his journey. Actually, literally, the word prosper means to do well on the journey. That's the Greek word. It means to do well on a journey, meaning, meaning this, that, that uh, uh, he, he needed to, John wanted him to be safe. He wanted him to uh, be provided for, to know the direction, to be able to move forward, um, and to, to, to make that transition from where he was at to where he's going. He wants him to do it successfully and, uh, and to be healthy while he's doing it. And he said, just as your soul prospers. And, and it seems that some people, as they study that, they look at that and, and they say, well, it would seem that John knew that Gaius' soul was prospering. And that's why he added that. And that's very true. It's probably true. That's why he had hope that the, that the journey would go up, that he would prosper and be healthy because his soul was already prospering, okay? But, but I can tell you as I looked at that verse, I began to see something there. I studied that verse after several years of searching uh, for a, um, some understanding on how to get from where I was at to what I felt like God was speaking to my heart. Anybody ever felt that way? So you, you feel like God, uh, you get quiet and all of a sudden uh, you get bigger ideas start coming to your mind and you think, God, are you speaking to me? You know what I'm saying? And, and so, but then, and then the next thought is, but I'm just, this and I'm just here and I'm just that and I don't know how to how did I get there see that's a good question 
And I didn't know. I, I, I would pray and go pray, and the Lord would speak to me and talk to me about things, and I'm thinking, how in the world am I going to get there? And, and then I'd read the promises of God, and I'd think, I'd look around where we were at and at the time, and I'm thinking, I don't see the promises of God happening very much, not like the Bible says. How many of you have ever read that? You read a promise and said, well, uh, I'd like to have that happen in my life. Me too, you know. <laughs> Been there, you know. Actually, while I was looking at this verse, I'll tell you the truth about it. We were living in a house that was so ugly, we, didn't have any, we never took any pictures of it. <laughs> it was kind of a landing place. We thought, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna be there for uh, you know, a couple months and find us another place. And, and we, were, we were there for seven years. Was it seven? I think seven, six years, five, seven years, something like that. Too long. <laughs> I can tell you that. And, and, and so I would go to the Lord and said, look at that house we're living in. I said, now look at the way my family's dressed. Look at this. I said, I got I to I I I do this and I got to do that. And I said, that's different than the promises of God. You promised. And I'm not trying to be arrogant to God. I'm not trying to be confrontational. But I am saying this. My life isn't matching your promises. And, and something's wrong with the pict my, my life picture. Something's wrong if I'm trying to live by the Bible, it sure isn't matching. You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, so God directed me to this verse right here. Finally, after uh, just seeking the Lord for, for a while, it really bothered me. And so, uh, so, so as I read this, I thought, well, Lord, I see that you want me to prosper in all things and be, health, be in health. I already know that, and I see the promises of God I know promises of God that tells us that he wants us to prosper and he does want us to be healthy and we believe for healing and I've been healed and, and, and I, want to, I want to, you know, we've had times when provision came in and it was great, and, but it just was moment. It was just not, it was not, we really weren't at that level. We just had peaks. You know what I'm saying? And so the Lord began to direct me he said, to go, uh, look at the last part of that verse. So look at, look, that, look at that last part of verse 2 with me. And look at the five words, the last five words. I'm reading New King James, and it says, it says, just as, just as your soul prospers. Five words. Somebody said that that, verse gives us the five-word qualifier to the things that God wants you to have in life. How many of you know you got to qualify? How many of you get these things in the mail and, and says, uh, you know, here, have this, you know? We got this for you. Sign up for this, you know? Fine print, qualify, you know? Or it costs money, you know? And, and, and you know, and so... Um, here's the qualifier to the life, to the life that God wants us to live. And so, um, so I began to look at that. I thought, now what does that mean? 
What does that mean, to have your soul prosper? Evidently, my life hinges on that. In other words, if I can get my soul in the right condition, actually, I didn't even know what the soul was. I had to go study that. Found out that basically it refers to your mind, your will, and your emotions. How many of you got some emotions? How many of you, you know, I'm, uh, you know, if you didn't have emotions, you couldn't be happy or joyful. You know what I'm saying? You couldn't be passionate about something, and you couldn't even be peaceful. You would just be. <laughs> you would just exist. You could. You. You. Of course, you wouldn't. You know, sometimes we get aggravated at our emotions and say, well, how come I'm so angry? How come I'm so sad? How come this or that? You know, and we, we think about negatives when we talk about emotions. How come I get so emotional about this? How come, you know, and you get a tissue and you wipe your tears and all of that, you know. And, and so, but there are good emotions as well as bad. And God created us with emotions. Did you think about that? That tells me that he didn't think it was a bad idea for you and I to have emotions. He didn't think it was a bad idea for us to have a mind to think and a will that, that, that where, where we uh, determine that we're going to go a certain direction. He thinks that's a good idea. He created us that way. What we have to do is learn how to deal with those things. You said, well, Brother Yoda, I'm not into psychology. Well, I'm not either, okay? I'm just into what the Bible says. That's what I'm going to give you this morning. I'm not going to give you any psychology this morning. I'm just going to give you some Bible verses that will help you, okay? And, um, and so, um, so I began to read that, and I began to look at that. And, and one day, it dawned on me that if I, if I, put, can you put that verse back up there? I want to show you something. I looked at that, and I said, this last part of that verse just as your soul prospers. I realized that was one part of the verse. The rest of it represented another part, okay? Being prosperous and healthy, okay? Doing well on our journey. And so I thought to myself as I thought, now what does that mean? And just on the inside, there was a little whisper uh, in my heart, just kind of a, wasn't really a voice, it was just God letting me know, I... My part is to prosper you and, and make you healthy. That's my part. He said, your part is to make sure that your soul is in the right condition. Now, the truth is that if I agree to do, to work on my soul, he will help me with that too. You know what I'm saying? So we're not even on our own, on, our, on the part we're supposed to do. But... Uh, a lot of people, they're going after the prosperity, they're going after the health, they're doing this, they're doing that, and they're not paying much attention to the way they think, uh, how their emotions work, they're not conforming their will to the will of God, and so co consequently, uh, there's, there's conflict inside. And some people, they look really wonderful on the outside, and inside there's a war going on. And I used to be one of those people. And so, uh, and so, so I, so I began to study how, how that, uh, uh, how that, the, that last part, just as your soul prospers, uh, evidently, that needs to, that needs to be equal to, 
uh, the other part. The other part needs to be equal to the soul, the, the condition of your soul, and the condition of your soul would be equal to your prosperity and health. So I thought to myself that my limited uh, math that I picked up while I was trying to, uh, focused on playing ball, you know, um, I, I, I thought that, that seems like an equation. So I called a guy, uh, a minister friend of mine, he's got, a, he's got a, a, a master's degree in mathematics, it's intimidating, you know what I'm saying? But I called him up and I said, uh, Brother Kim, I said, um, let, me, let me run this by you. Read that verse and tell me if you see something in that, mathematically speaking. I want you to look at that. And he read that and he looked and he said, well, he said, Marvin, that, uh, it's, a, it's an equation. I said, really? Like I didn't know. You know, it was a new thought to me, you know. I said, so tell me what's an equation. He said, equation is something that has two equal sides. And, and I said, yeah, uh, that's what I, I thought that too. And we all know that. I think all of us probably know that. And he said, if one side ever changes, he said, the other has to change too. Otherwise, it would not be an equation. So I thought, what if I change the condition of my soul? Does that mean God's going to change the prosperity and the health level that I have? And inside I heard this little whisper, yes. So I began to observe myself. I don't know if you ever watched yourself. You know, you just kind of... Uh, and, and so I began to watch how I thought. I just began to examine my thinking and I thought, dear God, and just my everyday thinking, not, not when I'm trying to be my best, not when I'm in church. How many of you know in church we, 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 look, we look good? We all, we all, you know, we're all, we are all, you know. <laughs> you understand what I mean? But when, 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 when I'm not, and you know when you're, you, you know, you know when, you, when, when you're at work and your boss is there and, you're doing your best and everything, we're not talking about there either. Because you know you're under the gun and you can do it, okay? You just hope it's not all day, you know, or all week, you know, that you know, your boss is going to look somewhere else, you know. But anyway, it's when the pressure's not on, when you're, when you're you, what goes on in your mind? What are the thoughts that you entertain? you ever think about what your predominant thoughts are today? What have you been predominantly thinking about? One man said it this way. He said, he said, you will always move in the direction of your most predominant thoughts. And I thought, I started looking at what my predominant thoughts were and I thought, you know, I need to change that. And so, so I began to, to look at that and I began to see that here's a key that I can use to go from uh, where I'm at to what God's talking to me about. If I begin to think and entertain, make, make what God thinks about me my thoughts, and that's why I began to take the Bible and begin to renew my mind with the Word of God because the Bible is God's thoughts written down. Okay? So I began to do that, and every time, here's what I did, I, I, I memorized some verses, and I began to do that. I had it on cards. I kept listening to certain things. I, I just kept constantly feeding myself on things 
that uh, were on the level of God's word. Okay? And so, so, so that's what I did. And it took some time, but I'll tell you, it didn't take but a couple months before I started seeing some difference. Now, we're still living in the ugly house. And I'd pull into the driveway, and this is, I'll tell you the truth about it. I don't know whether you believe in this or not, but, but I'd pull in the driveway and I'd hear voices screaming at me. Demons seemed to be screaming at me. We got you now. You'll never leave this place. And I'd sit in my vehicle before I'd go in the house and I'd say, I'd yell back at him. I would. I'd just literally yell at him. I will too get out of here. You, you watch in Jesus' name. I rebuke you. You cannot keep me here in Jesus' name. And uh, we got out of there in grand style. We went from nothing to a nice place because we changed our, the way we think. We got a grip on our emotions. We began to conform our will to whatever we saw in the Bible as God's will. We said, okay, we line up with that. We didn't say, how many of you have ever had something new put to you brought to you and you say, oh, I don't know if I want to do it that way. You brought a new procedure at work, you know, and you're like, well, I don't know why we have to do it that way. I don't know, you know. I like the old way. I was just used to the old way. Now they go and change it. I'm, uh, okay, all right. Maybe I'm the only one. I don't know. <laughs> but you know. And so, um, and so uh, I began to work on that in, in my life. I, I said, God, I'm going to leave the prosperity and the health to you. I'm trusting you with that. But I'm going to work on, 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 on my soul. Here's, so, here's a thought that came to me as I did that. I began to think about people. And I began to listen to people. And I'd, I'd ask some people, what's your biggest problem? And some people would say it was their neighbor's. Somebody said it was their boss. Some said my family. Others said this, others said that, you know. And you know what I discovered? I discovered that you can't always change your boss. Actually, very seldom. You know what I'm saying? And if you do ever tell them something that demands great change, it usually happens after you're gone. <laughs> Do you understand what I mean? You might, attend, might not change your neighbor. Or, or, you know, you may have to change neighbors. You know what I'm saying? You might have to go to a different location. If you don't like the neighbor, you know, if the neighbor's your biggest, is a big problem. Because you try to change your neighbor, they may not really respond well. I mean, not, your spouse isn't even your biggest problem. You ever try to change your spouse? It doesn't work. It's like one guy said, he said, you can't always help what other people do, but he said, the Lord told him, he said, I'd appreciate you controlling yourself. That's what he said. And so he's been working on that, and I found out that, uh, you know what my biggest problem was? It's right here between my two ears. That's my biggest problem. It's our biggest problem. Why? If we can change that, we can change what's around us. Okay? Now listen to me, folks. Listen to me. You see, that's the good news. 
What's the good news? You mean it's the good news that, that my biggest problem is between my two years? And, and, and I'd say yes, because it's within reach for you to do something about it. You can do something about your thinking. You can do something about your emotions. You can do something about your will. You can do something. Why? You've got the tool to do it with. You've got the Bible. And as Christians, you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside that's ready to help you. And he will help you. He'll help you to move forward. I'm telling you, it's amazing how God will help you. You can turn your Bibles to, to Proverbs chapter 23. Proverbs 23, verse 6 and 7. And so, and so um, we need to recognize that it is, it, is, it is necessary for us to work on our mind. Uh, in other words, here's what, I was, here's what I was told when I grew up. Do your Christian duty and read your Bible. It's your duty. It's kind of like milk, you know, doing chores. You know, it's a chore. This is your chores. Read your Bible. Kind of thing. And I thought, I'd rather play ball. You know, I thought that's what summer was for. Anyway, but here's what I found out. And that is this, that, that reading the Bible is really not so much of a Christian duty as it is something that will change your life. It is God's word. It is God speaking to you. God speaking to you. God speaking to me. I read a verse and I think, what does that say to me? Okay? You know, is that, and then I, I read a verse and I say, is that working in my life? If it isn't, then I got to. Then I decide. Then I decide whether I'm going to uh, make plans to incorporate that into my lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? And so, so, so that's what I did. I began to change my thinking because I realized what Proverbs 23, six and seven says. It says, "Do not eat the bread of a miser." For nor desire his delicacies. Now look at this, next verse. Here's why. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. In other words, he doesn't mean it. Okay? Now here's the thought. What makes a person a miser? Is it because they don't have much? Or is it because they think that way? Are they a miser because they're a product of their thought life? And I'd have to say yes. I know of a man, I worked with him, and, and I would always, uh, this was back in the day before I became a little more sanctified, you know, as a Christian. You know, I'm still a baby Christian, so I, I, uh, I, would, I would have fun with him because he was such a tightwad. <laughs> and so, so, you know, I remember one time, in the church I was going to at the time, and he was going to the same church, and they announced they were going to take an offering up. And they didn't believe much in offerings. Uh, for the, they didn't believe in that the preacher ought to get much. But they, once a month they consented to give him a little bit. And, um, and that's all they got from the pulpit, too, was a little bit. I'll just be kind about that. You know, you get what you pay for. And, uh, and so they announced, next Sunday we'll be receiving an offering 
for our pastor, so be praying about what to give. And so next week, I had fun with that. I said, okay, brother. I said, are you going to give in that offering for, uh, for, for, the, for, for the pastor? No. <laughs> and I'd goad him a little bit more. Why, why, why didn't he give an offering? Because of the way he thought. And uh, so, so here's the deal. As a man thinks, so is he. I, 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 my life is really a representation of my thoughts. You think about something long enough, you'll figure out how to get there. It's like the 64 Chevy Supersport. I thought about it a long time. I ended up with one. You know what I'm saying? You ever look at you ever look at uh, you ever look at go shopping and you look at something you'd like? You say, well, that's a little pricey. That's a little this or that. I mean, I don't know if I can get that. I, but you start working on it. You start working. You figure out if you think about it long enough, you'll figure out a way to get it. You'll go that direction, and you end up wearing what you were thinking about. Isn't that right? And so, uh, so, so, so we are, uh, we are a lot, uh, our life is a lot like what we think, predominantly. Now, you say, well, I don't think that way. I'm just a victim of my circumstances. Well, I'm sorry. But I will tell you this, there are lots of people that have had things happen to them. And some rise up, and some use it to exist the way they are, and others go down. So what's the difference? Because you can have, you ever notice a family, where, and they all raise the same way. One rises up and is successful, and is this and that and all that. The other, and, and, and one of their siblings. Man, it's just not that way. I mean, struggles in life and all of that, you know. So you can't really blame the upbringing, can you? You can't just say, well, mom and dad didn't do right. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if anybody's had perfect parents. You know? If you look at modern psychology, they think you ought to you know, we're all crazy if that's the case, because, uh, you know, or abnormal or something, you know, because our parents aren't perfect, you know. We're all product of our upbringing. Well, in one sense, yes, but in another sense, in a greater way, we are a product of the thoughts we entertain and the emotions that we're willing to control. Okay? It takes work. Okay? And so, so we have to recognize then that this is a key. This is something we work on. This is called Christian living. In other words, every time I read my Bible, it has an effect on my mind. Romans chapter 10, 12, verse 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I'll give you this verse. Pastor, what time am I supposed to quit? Um, okay. I'll, 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 I'll give you this one, and then we'll wind down. How's that? All right? Because you'll have enough to think about. All right. All right. That's my weird humor, all right? 
Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Everybody say transformed. transformed. By the renewing of your mind, uh, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Okay, so you have that. It tells us to be transformed. In other words, something ha God wants something to happen in you. He wants you to be transformed. The word transformed is a word, uh, Greek word, uh, from which we get our word metamorphosis. It is where, it is the process where the little ugly worms that crawl across the highway, you know, at certain times of the year, the little woolly worms, you know, they, 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 there's a process where they go through to become a beautiful butterfly. And God takes people in the ugly situations of life and turns them around into beautiful people with great things happening in their life. If we go through the change, if we're willing to be transformed. Now, the word transformed here does not mean that we're in a superhero movie and we can step into a telephone booth and come out of some, time, some kind of entirely different person. Doesn't work that way. Do you understand what I mean? It means this is happens little by little by little over a period of time. So I, here's what I say to you. Read your Bible. Open your Bible. I don't care if you just read a verse. Why? It'll change you. It'll change you. Find a verse that represents where you need to know, where you feel like God wants you to go in life. Keep that verse in front of you. Read it often. Don't accept what your parents have done, uh, uh, have said, uh, is your is your possibilities in life. Go with what God said is your possibility in life. Don't go by what your teacher said. I read a book one time. Some rich person I read picked up the book. The title was intriguing. It said. It said, and it named the teacher and said, the title was Miss Peggy. It wasn't Peggy, but I can't remember the name. It says, Miss Peggy, you were wrong. That was the title of the book. And it turned out that was his teacher in grade school. And she told him all during the time she had him that he would never amount to anything. Anybody ever heard those words? Painful words, really. Painful. They can penetrate way down inside. And those words can cause you to, uh, can cause your soul to be in a certain condition. Cause you to think a certain way. You struggle with value. Struggle with a sense of worth. Okay? It may even have an effect upon what you think you can do. See, you got to go to the Word of God. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So, so listen to me. If, if, if somebody says, you don't amount to much, you're not going to amount to much, you can't do anything. Are you going to believe that, or are you going to renew your mind to, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me? Do you see what I'm saying? You're going to have to learn to take your Bible and, and you understand that every time you read that verse, every time you tell that verse to yourself, did you know that you'll, you'll gain confidence in your ability? It may be minute. It, it, it may be just a little increase 
You say, well, I can't tell the difference. I did it for a whole week, and I really can't tell a lot of difference. Keep at it. Stay with it. Why? Because eventually, eventually, that verse will become a gra ingrained in your thinking where you can. Okay? I'm not talking about self-help here. I'm talking about incorporating God's help in your life. He will help you. One more verse. 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 3, verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. And, and so this, this verse is very important. We already see that we're to renew our minds with the word of God. Isn't that right? And, and so that will change our thinking. Okay? So, so how, many of you, how many of you think you went to school like I did? We, went, we all went to school. How many of you think that looking back on school, you would have achieved that level of education on your own? Probably not. We were in a, we were put in a position where we were under tutelage. We were, somebody taught us, somebody helped us, somebody encouraged us, somebody threatened us. I remember one teacher that threatened me all the time, you know. And um, she said, Marvin, work harder, you know. Focus on your lesson, you know. Move up here where I can help you better. I didn't know. I thought it was a promotion that I moved to the front of the line when I was in first grade, but you understand. She had other reasons. <laughs> and, so, um, and so here's, what, here's the deal. Look at this verse, and I want to, I want to bring something out to you. It, but we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Now look at this, look at this are being transformed, everybody say transformed, same, same word as in Romans 12 too, into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. In other words, what it's saying there is that the Holy Spirit will help change you. If you'll submit to them and look at him as your teacher, He's the one who, you're under his tutelage. In other words, he will encourage you to open your Bible. If you'll listen to him, he's the one that will whisper to your heart. He's the one that will uh, uh, remind you of what the Bible says. Somebody says, I don't like you. And the Holy Spirit will say, but you're accepted in the beloved. Somebody gets upset with what you did and say, can't you do anything right? And the Holy Spirit will say, but you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Do you know what I'm saying? And on and on and on. Do you know what I'm saying? Somebody, somebody says, shame on you for what you did. And the Holy Spirit will quit, uh, quit whisper in your heart, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You see what I'm saying? He's your teacher. He will quit. You see, see why you have to read the Word? Because He will remind you what you read. And you know the verses that mean something to you? Put them on little cards. Carry them with you. I remember one time we went through a difficult time, and I'm telling you, I just printed the verses that I needed on a card, and I read it often. 
some people did some things to me, and my mind works very well. I had lots of ideas of what I'd like to do to them. I actually told God a few ideas. I thought, here's some few ideas, God. Here's what you can do. Why don't you do that for me? I said, you, you, you know, vengeance is not mine, is what you said, but it's yours, so um, I, I'm ready. <laughs> Terrible, isn't it? <laughs> Somebody says, vengeance is the Lord's, and I want to be there when he does it. But anyway, I, 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 good news is I've grown a little bit since then. All right? I'm going to leave that alone to him. But here's the thing. You know, that, that incident could have shaped me negatively. It was very impacting. But I tell you what I did. I took those verses and I just read them over and over and over again. It reminded me of what my attitude should be. It reminded me uh, of, of how God loves me. And that God does not share the same opinion uh, about me that they did. Okay? And I was able to come through that and submit to God and allow him to heal my heart and to, to, to help me with my emotions so I wasn't angry anymore. You know? He changed me so much that I wanted to call those people up and thank him for what they did because it helped me become a better person or provided the platform where I, I just chose to get closer to God and it pushed me closer to God and I was able to get changed into a different person. I never did call him. I didn't think that would go well. But, but anyway, so what does that mean to us today? It means this, that we all need help in some way. We're all people that need help. We all got things we deal with. Every one of us. We're all looking good. I'm looking good. Got a nice tie on, thanks to Pastor. <laughs> and uh, you know, you wouldn't, you know, you just look at people and you think, man, they look good. There's no no way that they're going through much of anything. You just don't know. The best dressed people can be hurting on the inside. Really can. Absolutely. Every one of us. Some of you have dreams that you've never fulfilled. Some of you have resigned yourself to a way of life simply to pay the bills. Some of you have never gotten over something that happened in your life earlier. It has shaped you. And you live your life in the light of that. I'm going to tell you, I'm not being here to accuse you, to remind you of that. I'm just simply saying, God can help you get out of that. Amen. He can help you. Would you stand with me, please?